Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Talking Roadmaps channel. I'm your co-host, Justin Woods. This is the channel where we talk about all things roadmapping, from products, tools, methodologies, and we get to speak to really fantastic industry experts like my special guest who I'm going to introduce in a minute. If you like the channel, please do like, follow, and give us a share. Um, it always helps to get more audience here so that more people can understand the wonderful world of roadmapping. If you'd also like to get in touch, reach out to us. We'll have some communication details down below and uh, let us know you want to get involved on the channel and we'll see if you can get on. Um, in terms of introductions, not only am I joined by the wonderful UK sunshine here. Martin, I think you've got quite a bit of sunshine coming in as well right now. Well, I, I, I wish I could say that that was organic sunshine, but it isn't. It's fantastic <laughs> Scandinavian lighting because I'm actually joining you from Sweden in Stockholm. Superb. So absolutely. So I've got the wonderful UK sunshine here and I am introduced, uh, brought on by uh, Martin Rover Parks. Martin, massive welcome to you. Um, you've got an impressive product management and product marketing career behind you. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and your role. Oh, gosh, thank you. Uh, yeah, so I've been in product for, what was it, 12 years or so now. Um, I'd love to say, like I say to whether it's an intern or uh, the chairman of a board or an investor, that I saw the light and I was called towards product, but I wasn't. I fell into it after graduating uh, and within several months realized it is uh, the best job. And of course, I think I'm paid as well as want to be biased on that topic. Um, and my career spans logistics, manufacturing, software and SaaS, uh, predominantly across Europe, uh, but also some uh, business towards uh, the United States. Superb. So really rich history already, but built on top of a strong foundation of a number of, of degrees in, in that space as well. Yeah. So uh, there's, uh, there's a master's in international marketing and management. There's a bachelor's in business management, so that's good foundations around marketing and general business, uh, as well as a specialist product management training course that I went on. Uh, and I actually went on that a couple of years ago because I wanted to make sure that sort of the experience was also matched with the latest in uh, learning and development. Uh, and I think the very fact that we have uh, the time here today to discuss roadmaps uh, specifically shows the evolution that our industry has been on and the need to make sure that we're understanding all of the tools available to us in product management and therefore the business uh, to ultimately drive that business success. Yeah, for sure. And I think it, it can be no more important than in your current role at, at Scribe as VP of product management. You know, roadmapping is, is, is really an essential part of, of what you do. Absolutely. Um, and the phrase I often use is sort of the roadmaps can be the beauty and the beast. Um, and it's, it's essential for Scribe as it is for, uh, for any business to make sure that we have a clear roadmap that is a visualization of that strategy that we want to deliver, that vision that we want to deliver, um, uh, and, and to pull that uh, sort of alignment together across the business. Uh, but it also has its Achilles heel. Uh, so we need to be careful of that. Yeah, that's very true. And so actually, that's a, a nice question to, to kind of to start with, which is really, 
you mentioned that the beauty and the beast it can be it can it can make or even break some companies so in, in your mind what, what's the kind of the purpose of the roadmap then so bringing it back to its core its core purpose within a company what do you think there so for me it is about making sure that we have a single place where we can reference to understand where we're going um, some people would say it's a map I'm a little bit nervous about maps because they don't change as often. Uh, and the only time they might change is that if there was force majeure and a mountain has popped up or a valley has been being created. Ironically, uh, that will influence a product roadmap as well. If a massive competitor shift or a change in legislation affects your product. But the roadmap is there as that reference point where the entire business can look at it, align and understand where we're going. But it isn't quite as rigid and it mustn't be as rigid uh, as a as a printed map of the landscape, for example. Yeah, that's a great point. And actually an, an unusual analogy. Maybe we need a different name for a roadmap. Um, that's been a common topic already in, in just the few episodes that we've had. But it's it's almost too prescriptive. And actually, mm. we shouldn't be so confident that it's uh, we know where everything's going and we can just pick our journey. Actually, we're crafting some of that journey as we go. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, we're almost the explorers. That's how I, I talk to the product team. We're the explorers that are we, we have a mission and a vision. We want to chart and uh, we want to chart uh, our course to new lands, to to the top of summits, to really exciting places. And the irony is we need a way to get there. We need an understanding, a compass bearing. Mm -hmm. And so that's what we're building with the roadmap, this sort of how are we going to get there? And that's what I said earlier with the visualization of our strategy. But as we're explorers, we might come across things that mean we have to change our course. Or we may decide that we're going to, as I said, get to the top of a summit. And halfway up the summit, we realize that it's just not worth the time, effort or investment. Or in the case of the analogy of a summit, it's too dangerous. There's an avalanche risk. Uh, the, the weather conditions are coming in. So we need to take a different course. Now, if we just blindly push on, we might make it. But at what cost? Or we might not make it. And therefore, we've seen behemoth of businesses, Kodaks, for example, uh, suffer and peril because of that mm. uh, and that's where that flexibility and that agility in the roadmap needs to come into it it really is um and and actually just sharing that with me reminded me of a story which i'm going to get terribly wrong at the moment but there's obviously been a lot of expeditions to uh, everest and climbing to the top of everest and and some of the ones that have made it are the ones that read the landscape and the weather the meteorological uh, signs of things and said right today it's going to be a blizzard we're going to rest or make very small progress and where the weather's better we're going to push on and, and make more progress and the ones that have kind of explored and and looked at the surroundings and been prepared are the ones that have made it whereas i think it may have been even captain oates who is actually a relative of mine way way back um he actually he perished and uh, on everest because i think it was either him or another explorer that was they were trying to do a set amount each day and whether when it was going well, they still did 10, 10 miles or whatever it is. But when it was bad, they did 10 and, and it led to their demise. So I love that kind of thought of, of exploration. And of course, a roadmap or an atlas prescribes that people have been there before. and We've been able to plot it out. If you're an explorer, you may never have been there before. So yeah. I think we need to we need to work on some terminology here, Martin, that better describes yeah. a roadmap than using those terms. Yeah. 
Um, so I'm, I'm wondering in your mind, what are the audiences of a roadmap then? If we're the explorers, who are the, who are the audiences? In, but more in the context of a company. So uh, it's very interesting because the roadmap have several audiences with all uh, slightly different demands. Okay. And so let's look at a couple of them. You've got perhaps first and foremost for us in the world of software, the engineers. So the engineers want to understand what needs to be built next. Why does it want to be built? We need an awful lot of empathy around that to help them understand the broader context there. And it also helps them understand if we're building X today, what does that mean for Y and Z in the future? And engineers are incredibly talented uh, guys and girls. And it's important that we show them that longer term vision so that we don't end up with tech debt or we have to do refactoring or sort of strangler approaches to stuff that we've built that's no longer useful. But then you've also got an audience like the end, uh, the revenue team uh, and that feisty bunch of salespeople that are committed to, to getting those pounds and dollars and euros in. And their need and their view on the roadmap is slightly different. Right. They want to see where the industry's going and how the product is, is supporting that. They're talking to customers that want to see that their problems are registered on our roadmap. Mm. And the secret source there is when we've got on our roadmap things of interest that they haven't even considered for their industry, those golden gems. Uh, I think it's a cliche, but if we look back 20 years ago or so, uh, the iPhone wasn't on anyone's horizon. Right. But now we can't imagine a world without it. So can you imagine creating a roadmap for that product and what it would look like today? It's incredible. It is. Yeah. Um, other audiences uh, would be investors, the management team. Um, and it's, it's really uh, interesting for me. Uh, I and myself have three views on it. I have when I put my management hat on, I'm looking at strategically is the roadmap delivering on the objectives? Mm -hmm. Then I'm looking into more detail in the roadmap. What do the key results, the metrics look like that show that we're going to hit that direction? Uh, and then I've also got the engineering perspective where I sit with my colleagues uh, in the engineering team to deliver on that. Um, and it really is a way to get everyone in the business aligned with a visibility on where we're going strategically and operationally. But I almost get bored of hearing my own voice when I say it is not fixed in stone. It is not a shopping list. Because if we look at Kodak, if they followed their roadmap so rigidly that in the end, there wasn't really much of a business. Why? Because people still want to take photos. They still want to share photos. They just didn't want the hassle of taking the photo, printing it out or going into town and printing it out storing it in the big book you can't find where in the book that photo is and yet instagram and the iphone came along and i can type in mom dad pet rabbit beach and all of those photos will come up or it's geo location as well of those photos and that's where the roadmap really comes into play what is the outcome that you're looking for and are you still achieving that outcome or is that outcome still relevant or not? And that's perhaps another topic 
sunsetting. That's such a good one about about the outcomes and, and the constant validation that we're going in the right direction as well. Is this really what we're trying to achieve here? Um, I love that. And yes, I'd love that's to come what on. keeps me up at night. Yeah, um, for sure. I want to know, are we still going in the right direction? I don't anymore want to know what the JIRA tickets look like, what the backlog looks like. I'm looking at, are these outcomes the ones that we still want to hit? At Scribe, it's the digital transformation economy. It's about signing and verification. And are we still meeting those needs? We know the roadmap says that a pen and paper will only be reserved for love letters in the future. But already we have PDFs with digital signing. So what does the next experience after that look like? Um, So, yeah. Yeah, and we need to we need bring the next iPhone revolution to that area as well. You know, what what could we bring that we haven't even thought of? Martin, yeah. I, I love that. Um, so it, you mentioned a couple of different views of the roadmap, but I want to kind of think about it more around ownership there. Who, who owns the roadmap, do you think? <laughs> uh, it's funny because if you speak to revenue, they'll say it's product. If you speak to engineering, they'll say it's us and product because engineering have their own. Uh, If you speak to the management team, they say, well, we own the roadmap. None of us own the roadmap. It's the customer and the market that owns the roadmap. And I I sort of get quite passionate, particularly after a glass of German Riesling or maybe a nice British beer, uh, that the roadmap is owned by the customer and by the market. And as soon as we go internal with that, we then live in an ivory tower and we really start missing those new opportunities or those risks on the horizon. So another way to look at it is the roadmap is bringing the customer into every single discussion. Um, Yes, you've got blue ocean, red ocean, you've got all of those sort of strategic considerations, but ultimately those strategic considerations are still on either existing or future customer pain points, customer opportunities, and market demands. I love that. I love that. Such a good way of putting it as well. You know, it's actually the the customer owns the roadmap, and I've not heard. And I would say that. that I, I would sorry. I'd say that to the board, and I say that to investors. Um, sure, uh, it's the investors' money, or uh, it's the board that ultimately will approve uh, the strategic direction. And when they ask, well, how have you got confidence that you're doing the right thing? And I would say this to anyone out there listening. If you're bringing the customer into every decision that you're making and you're also saying no to things, not just yes, 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 because that's another Achilles heel of the roadmap, then you generally can't go wrong because the ARR or the revenue will follow when the problem is solved, when the market's understood. Yeah, Yeah. such a brilliant point. I think that's. That's excellent. So if the customer owns the roadmap, who do you feel maintains the roadmap? Is that more of a, and we mentioned a couple of different groups there. So what are your thoughts? I love that, uh, Justin. That's that's such a good way of putting it. Uh, It is product, it is engineering, it is the business then that's accountable for that. And so the product managers, the product management team, we pull all of that insight into the roadmap. So we own that. We prioritize it. Um, We're often seen as sort of the mean department saying no to everything all of the time or that horrible phrase, great idea, it's on the backlog. It isn't. It's in the elephant graveyard and it will never see the light of day again. 
And that's something that we as product people need to improve on. And it's one of the key skills, communication and empathy. So product own that. Engineering own it as well from a perspective of can we build it? How quickly can we build it? What is the cost of building it? Revenue own it to make sure the customer understands where we're going. Revenue own it to make sure that their insight is in the roadmap. And revenue also own it to make sure that they're they're telling the story correctly of where the product and the market is going. And that then goes back to product because we're not only taking one customer into account, we're taking maybe 10,000 customers presently into account and maybe 100,000 customers in five years' time as a business grows. Uh, And that's another consideration. How do you slice and dice those? and then, of course, you have the other functions. You have sort of the management team, the legal teams. They all need to contribute. And if I briefly touch on, for example, the legal team, you might say, well, why do the legal team need to be involved in the roadmap? Well, if we're transforming our product and our contracts need to keep up with that, then if the legal team have visibility on the roadmap, they can very early come in and say, oh, that's something that we need to consider. And so we have our legal counsel in our monthly product syncs. So they're bought in early on. And that could be technology that we're acquiring, acquisitions that we're making, or features that we're introducing that might require amendments on the contract. And maybe one for another time is the whole product-led culture organization. Um, but yeah, we can park that and save that for another day. Uh, no, it's great conversation because actually it's, it's, it's really making sure that the understanding across the organization is all on the same page as well, you know, and by coming out with something and saying, this is what we're thinking about, it invokes discussion and, and it invokes that and encourages that collaboration, which I think is so important. I'm curious that, that we've mentioned a lot around what goes into the roadmap, so the strategic direction uh, are often defined where we want to go in, in the eyes of the customer. But is, is the roadmap the highest document that we create there? Or, or what do you think the, the, the relationship is of a roadmap to things like the vision, the strategy, maybe objectives? What are your views there? What have you seen that works well? It's a great question. Um... And depending where your organization is or where your product function is or the market that you're in, there's going to be shifting uh, priorities. But if we take a broad stroke here, the first priority is what is that vision that you're heading towards, often referred to as the North Star, although that term's used interchangeably. And, and that vision is which summit do I want to get up? Uh, and that's what we said at, at the beginning of, of our conversation. Do I want to head up the Everest Summit? Do I want to head up the K2 Summit? Ironically, I wouldn't because that's more dangerous than Everest. So I've got that vision. And then I've got my mission and I've got my objectives in order to fulfill that vision to get there. And then underneath my mission and objectives, I've got my key results, uh, my metrics that are making sure that I'm hitting my objectives. And the roadmap is bringing all of those into one place. But don't worry, it's not one massive document. There's the JIRA board. There's Kanban boards that are supporting that. There's various other documentation, discovery sessions, customer research, et cetera. But that all ultimately needs to be visualized and put into a roadmap that's interchangeable and flexible, that's showing on a weekly or monthly basis the key results are heading in the right direction, 
could be usage, usage, feature adoption, uh, monthly active users. You can also look wider than just product metrics, revenue, performance, NPS scores, etc. And then you're assessing uh, your objectives with those metrics. And the most critical thing for me is, is the vision one that excites the entire organization? And is it one that's sort of realistic? Um, so if you've never climbed a mountain and your vision is Everest, that's probably not a great idea. But you could say my, my vision is Everest, but my roadmap is broken into several chunks. Right. The, the stage of getting fit, then the stage of smaller mountains, then the stage of bigger mountains, and then ultimately Everest. And you've got objectives along the way to hit that. Um, so, so that's and then you have the OKR frameworks as well, and and all sorts of uh, methodologies and processes. Yeah, uh, yeah, it makes complete sense to me. And so, I'm wondering then, what do you? We talked about some of the, the the OKRs and things like that. What do you believe are some of the key elements or content on a roadmap? Then taking that conversation a bit further, what would you, what do you like to see, or what do you like to present on your roadmap? I like to see uh, the outcomes that we want to achieve, uh, and those are the, the the themes or the trends on the roadmap. Um, there's many roadmap softwares available there, so I'll just name one. Yeah. For example, Product Board. Um, with Product Board, there's differing views. So there's my view at a very high level of the outcomes that we want to achieve, the themes that are being matched. And then that would be broken down into, in this case, product areas, where I've then got blocks of deliverables in those product areas that make sure that that's linked up to the themes, which is what we just spoke about, that vision and then the mission and then the objectives. And then when you go into the individual parts of the roadmap, uh, there's often links out to Atlason, Figma, Miro, et cetera, which are all of those operational tools. So if we go back to the climbing analogy, that's your kit. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got the summit, you've got your bag, and in your bag you've packed a pickaxe, ice axe, extra boots, extra socks, first aid kit. Uh, and in the roadmap at that level of detail, you have your Figmas, Miros, product descriptions, uh, use cases. Um, and then with good roadmap software, that's often linked to specific enterprise customers who then might be notified when a feature is available. Word of caution there, do not build a roadmap for a specific customer uh, unless they happen to be worth a billion euros, then it's probably a big enough customer. Uh, a billion euros to you, should I say, not their turnover, because <laughs> they might only give you a slice of the pie. Um, so those are the elements that I'm looking for. I'm also looking for for flexibility and going back to product board, I get a weekly update uh, and I actually like to scroll through that email. And the longer that email is with the updates, generally I have a sense of confidence that we're making the right changes, that we're really assessing everything. And here's a quick story. I think about three, four weeks ago, I pinged my team and said, I've just had the weekly update from product board and I only see two changes. And one of them said, but Martin, why are you just basing it on how many changes are happening? And I said, because for me and my roadmap and my objectives and, and metrics that I'm measuring, and you could say it's rudimentary, but for us, it works. If I'm only seeing one or two changes, 
my question would then be, is the roadmap flexible enough? Uh, are we assessing all of the elements on there? Are we killing features? Are we adding features? Are we moving them forward? And I'm not seeing any of this. I'm only seeing a couple of things. Well, I think the team took that on board and also maybe rather cheekily were like, right, we'll show Martin. So the following week when I got the update, I think I scrolled six or seven times through that email to all of those changes. But it's, it's lighthearted, but it's an important point going back to that flexibility and adaptability. For sure. I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's those footprints in the snow that you're trying to see there. And you just want to see that we're making some progress, but the strategy is setting the direction. We don't want to make progress in the wrong direction. But that's part of your touch point, right? This is that you're looking at the roadmap at, at the, the VP level um, and you're looking at the board level. You want to make sure there's traction going, but ultimately we're going in that right direction. Yeah. Um, and I, so I think it's important as a product function, and this is wider, this is sort of a product culture, to empower everyone at every level to make those decisions. And I joke with the team, I do not want to be a hippo, the highest paid person's opinion. I don't want to be a seagull, even worse, swoop in, cause chaos, fly off. Uh, so the, the product teams, the rest of the organization need to be empowered to deliver. And so we can focus on the strategic direction, but also there's an accountability that everyone in a business should have towards their leadership team, that we remove roadblocks, we make the difficult decisions, and we support with that prioritization. Um, and ultimately, and I, I now speak for, lead, for the product leaders out there, ultimately, if we have the right insights, we can make those right prioritizations, which comes right back to the roadmap and that sense of confidence around it. It really does. And, and it just shows one of the, the many purposes that that roadmap document is mm. actually serving within our organization. I love the fact that you talked about um, frequently sharing that roadmap. I've been with some companies that have created a roadmap as a checkbox exercise at the beginning of the financial year and then put it on a shelf or the SharePoint document. A SharePoint area for the, for the rest of the year. But I love the fact that you said it's, it needs to be frequently shared, frequently questioned. What else do you consider as to be some best practices in road mapping, apart from frequently sharing things? Um, that's a great question. On a monthly basis, we want to do a roadmap grooming session. And that's a little different to the backlog grooming. Right. The backlog is that granular level of detail. But we want to make sure that is it still in the right direction? And that grooming session is done with uh, heads of, uh, of departments, the senior product managers or so. And then on a quarterly basis, we want to have a session with the management team, with the executive team to go through that. On a half yearly basis, you want to make sure that that's visible and walked through with the investors or with the board level. Other good practice is making sure that you're regularly spring cleaning it, mm -hmm. uh, updating, keeping it maintained, because if it looks old and out of date, people aren't going to go into it. Uh, other best practices, how do you bring feedback into the roadmap? Right. Um, how can you share the roadmap in a way that protects your, your competitive position, but also gets feedback in? So you could have upvoting and downvoting of features by users, by customers, by prospects, um, and they have that visibility, but they may not have the visibility of the strategic direction if you're in stealth mode or you're, you're pushing back against competitors or you're going into blue ocean. You don't particularly want to share that. Right. Um, 
best practice as well is to have uh, confidential restricted on any slides that you share. Okay. Uh, and much like social media, if it's posted online, you've lost control of it. So just remember that when you're sharing it, um, it's, it's, it's hard to say because you go to your point. If you're that tight and you're that restrictive, people are going to be terrified to share it. So it just stays on a shelf. Right. But also, you don't really want to be at a conference and suddenly you're like, that roadmap by that competitor looks extremely familiar. Uh, and either they're exactly onto the same thing as us or they've had a copy of it uh, and then they're exploiting that. Yeah, for sure. You, you want to do enough where it keeps your clients uh, happy and your customers engaged and seeing what's going on. There is a very fine balance, there, especially in SaaS software, whereas, you, like you said, you don't want to be, ser- you want to be serving the, the the largest number of clients that you can or customers that you can. It's not just serving one unless they are giving you a billion dollars worth of revenue. So you want to give enough to, to give them something to be excited about, but not not so much that, that as you said, you can start to see it okay. elsewhere. And once you've lost control of that roadmap data and it's out there, you have to assume that it's in the public domain. Yeah. And you've made me think another best practice, and some of this is in good product management, almost second nature, is uh, I try to attend weekly customer meetings uh, and I present that roadmap to them. And I present it for two reasons. They want to know and they want faith, like I said earlier. But it also gives me a chance to subtly interrogate the validity of that roadmap. And I always say to, to my, my product peers and, and team, you can leave that meeting with two feelings. One is a good feeling and one is a bad feeling. Let's go to the bad feeling because everyone's interested in that first. And for me, that bad feeling is I've walked through a roadmap. I've listened to them. I've left the room and I've gone, shit, that's not on the roadmap. That's not even being considered. Wow, have we missed something? And that is not a great position to be in. But it's good. You can still do something about it. The other is you leave the meeting, you go, shit. It's all on there. We're just not moving fast enough. Right. And that is a perfectly good position to be in because that will lead you back into your internal discussions around roadmap prioritization, the backlog grooming, the executive stakeholder buy-in. And all of that can then allow you to prioritize that roadmap. And it's worth saying all of this sounds like a sort of the elixir to life and the reality uh, of how you want to tackle things to being uh, sort of in the thick of it, it is is very different. So maybe maybe one for another time. What is life like as a product person? Absolutely, <laughs> a whole series we could do of that, and it probably turned into therapy and counseling as well. Yeah, it, right? really, it really, it really would. You'd probably have hundreds of thousands of of users. You'd have you'd have the holistic psychologist from Instagram, but the product version of that uh, for for us. You really would. So. What are some of the, the bad practices, do you think, of, of road mapping then? Um, you know, what are some of the biggest mistakes people make? Yeah, well, that's, that's the really juicy one, isn't it? Sort of uh, the, the do's and the don'ts. Um, right, the bad practices of roadmap. First of all, allowing the business to think that what is on there is set on st- in stone and come what may, you will deliver on that. It is absolutely not a shopping list. The second real risk is that you have very customer-specific requirements on that roadmap. And it depends on the scale of your business. 
For example, startups, they may have to have that on there in order to stay in business. Mm. The same with scale-ups, but they're also trying to push into wider markets. But also with the very large enterprises, is that really moving the needle or is that a roadmap of just maintenance? And maybe that's another one to talk about the difference between an innovative roadmap, a maintenance roadmap, a new market roadmap or a sunsetting roadmap. They're all, they're all important points. But that's the second thing, having a two customer specific roadmap. The third one is not getting feedback and having a very rigid mind to your roadmap. You've got to constantly, I call it the scientific approach, which is I really, really have such strong beliefs in things, but I've got to hold on to them very lightly. And I like to put theories and concepts out there and let people challenge you. Create the psychological safety in the business and the team for people to really critically ask you those questions. And your peers in revenue and in engineering are the perfect people because as product managers, you've got to pitch to both of them. And if you can answer their questions, then you're actually in a really good position to think, yes, this is a very reliable roadmap. But then that goes to point one, make sure it's not too rigid. Yeah, I, I love the... Um collaboration side of, of how you interact with your business and and you know bringing people along that journey with you and it's you know they've got tremendous insight it's not just product carving the way and then sales you get what you're given it's bringing that into um, all of those different areas together and saying this is our roadmap um, and, and and bringing that in I, I think that's great yeah. Have, you, have you seen any anti-patterns or bad practices of road mapping so where people have done things um, typically what bad habits or anti-patterns they might introduce into road mapping? Um, any of the ones that I speak about, I would say I myself have been guilty of or the businesses that I've been in, we've all done. Uh, and I think that's important to say because I don't want everyone listening in to be like, well, it sounds like it's all perfect. It really is not perfect at all. Uh, is why I'm going to have a nice glass of Riesling this evening yeah. to, to, to start the weekend. Um, on the roadmap, if you've got very high-level themes and deliverables and you haven't got the detail behind it that's interrogated that, that leads to the second point straight away, which is it's super easy to go onto Product Board or any other software or even just don't need to buy software you could have a uh, powerpoint yeah. and to to get drunk on your uh, on your own hubris of this is such a great roadmap and you've moved everything into the positions and you're going to deliver this and this and this and that's what you deliver and you say yep yeah, we're going to do this and then at that point you haven't done enough interrogation with the engineers you haven't done enough interrogation with the sales and it's really disheartening when you can see market trends, you can see where it needs to go, but it's just not a feasible, realistic roadmap. Um, and so don't lock yourself in a room, build the roadmap, uh, sort of be, be, be drunk on your own views with that, and then expect the rest of the organization to understand it. Um, that's, that's risky. Such a profound point. I think that's I really like that. Um, thank yeah. you. And 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 so, the the bad practices. Do you have a, a a pet hate or a single pet hate you hate to see on a roadmap? Something that just <laughs> makes your blood boil. 
<laughs> Before I answer that, should I look out the door and just check if any of the team are there waiting on the door to sort of, to sort of charge in? Uh, pet hates for me on the roadmap. It's seeing so much detail today and then nothing in the future. And the purpose of the roadmap is to help us get towards the future. So I say to teams, I want to see lots of detail today, more detail in three months' time, and themes and visions for where we want to get to uh, after that. And if I just see a whole block and then nothing, almost like dropping off a cliff, that's what we've got to picture. Imagine we hit all of that, we've then dropped off a cliff. Yeah. The other pet hate is not having the roadmap updated yeah. and going in and I'm like, what on earth does this mean? I click on an item or an element of the roadmap and there's no detail in it at all. Um, I'm famous for tagging everyone on Slack uh, to give reminders about that. Um, so that is an absolute pet hate. Uh, and it's also not having an exciting enough roadmap. I mean, we all come to work because we want to contribute. Yes, we want to earn money and we want that money to go on holiday and feed our family and um, and do really nice things. But also, we want to be excited and empowered by what we do. And so if it's a boring roadmap, if it isn't visionary, then what are you doing there? Yeah, it's, it's got to be exciting. It goes kind of into the, the Kano model side of things as well. What are we doing yes. to excite our customers? But what, what are we doing to excite our business? You know, we've got like you yeah. said, we've got tremendously hardworking engineering or development teams, other parts of the business. We, we want them to get behind us and, and push this thing forward. And it has to have a level of aspiration and, and challenge in it. Otherwise, why are we doing what we're doing? Yeah, yeah. Such and I guess uh, on the other side of the coin uh, of not having anything after then the immediate future is just having everything on there. Uh, and famously, when I've joined businesses, I've often, and I've never managed to, but I've wanted to print off the entire backlog <laughs> and literally find like six months and one day, draw a red line and cut from there underneath. Right. Because it is an utter waste for the roadmap prioritization and planning to look at feedback from a year ago. Uh, yes, you could challenge back and say, well, what happens if the iPod was on there? Well, then I'd say you're not looking at the trends well enough to bring those topics to the top. Right. But you cannot look at things a year or more ago because they're just not relevant anymore. Yeah, absolutely. You can't move forward if you're always looking backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Whose advice on road mapping do you listen to? Oh, that is a brilliant question. That is a brilliant question. Um. In what sense? How to build them or the content? I mean, you've brought some really great concepts and I'm an analogy person. I've really loved your analogies as well. So I'm thinking, where do you build up? Where have you collected a lot of your knowledge? Who do you respect in the industry that's helped sculpt some of your views of road mapping today? Um, so I have, I'm from two cultures and two backgrounds, half German, half British. Um, lived in both countries and worked very much internationally. And you may say, well, why are you starting with that when we're talking about roadmaps? And that's because for me, roadmaps are, like I said earlier, this amalgamation of so many viewpoints. So I'm going to go to industry experts on the themes, the topics, and get their insights. 
I'm going to go to the VPs and CPOs that are doing a brilliant job and get their insight. I'm going to go to my product managers, the junior product managers, the senior product managers, everyone in between to get their views on where do they want to go? What do we want to achieve? I'm then going to take in the views of the rest of uh, my team in the executive leadership team because they've got their goals I want to hit. Mm. And then, of course, I've got the Marty Keegans of the world with Inspired. Uh, I'm a little reticent to mention those because otherwise it's like fanboy. This is the this is the silver bullet. It isn't. Um, I would say if I was to answer in one sentence, where do I go? I go to so many different places. Um, and actually, I also go uh, outside of the world of business. So that would be hiking or skiing or just uh, you need to look after yourself because running a roadmap is really hard work. Um, whether you're leading it at a strategic level or leading it at a very operational tactical level, you need to make sure you're looking after yourself holistically to be able to deliver on that roadmap. What a great answer. And I think, you know, you've got a wealth of experience in the industry as well, working up, up to Scribe, but previously Questback and previous companies. There are a lot of things you've picked up just from the organization, the type of business, where it is in its growth cycles, um, what type of products they sell can define, you know, SaaS versus uh, something else, uh, different types of businesses. So I think just a lot of vocational experience as well that you've been able to pick up. Martin, that's, yeah. that's brilliant. I think we're going to see. Um, sorry, I think we're going to see. A, we are seeing that trend now, which is exciting. Product management's been around for a while, mm. and it's now going through its maturity. And we're adding a wealth of training, which I'm so pleased to see the various training providers across Europe providing that. Now it's important that we don't lose. Uh, and I sound like I should be sat on maybe a rocking chair here with a with a cup of cocoa. Uh, and I'm really not that old, but we need to make sure that all of those that have gone through the trenches uh, in the last 10, 15, 20 years, many people smarter, more knowledgeable than me with many more battle wounds, that we keep that thirst for doing it, for rolling up our sleeves, that practical application. But we also embrace the technology, the learning, the training and the development that means that we can make less mistakes or make them quicker and learn from them better um and i think yeah it's that that combination you can't really beat that's perfect martin thank you and so i'm wondering if we we might uh, go into if you had to distill your philosophy and i've loved what we've talked about so far that, that you know love to share a glass of wine with you and carry on as well but if you had to distill your philosophy of road mapping into maybe just a couple of sentences how might you describe that to people? Be really clear on the exciting, passionate summit that you want to go for. And when I say you, your customers and your customers that are going to deliver commercial success, however that looks. And then make sure that that is visualized on a roadmap that anyone can pick up should you get stuck halfway up the summit. And they can then carry on that journey for you. Brilliant. So important as well. Martin, is there anything else about road mapping that we should have asked you that we, we haven't? I know there's lots of things we could have talked about, but anything you want to kind of just bring out into the open from what we've just talked about? Um, 
I would summarize with get it all down on the roadmap, read around what good roadmaps are, talk to the providers out there, talk to the industry experts, talk to your peers, and then build it and immediately start iterating on it. And in a previous business, uh, it was within three months of buying the software, building it, and the real work came two, three months after that first roadmap where everyone's iterating and getting in on the detail. The detail at a high level, is it the right direction? And the detail at the backlog, Jira ticket level. But just start with something if you haven't already. Start, get, take that first step. That's actually, a, Justin, that's a pet hate. If I find out that we just haven't started because we're too afraid, fail, fail fast. And you can make the same mistake a couple of times. By the third point, we might have to have a chat over a beer. But until that point, just get going. But start, right? Because that's the best way that we learn. <laughs> And you yeah. sound like a, a roll your hands, a roll your sleeves up and get, get your hands dirty kind of guy. So I really admire that about you. Martin, thank you so much. I've absolutely loved speaking with you. I think an incredible career that you've had so far and some really great thoughts on road mapping. I wanted you just to give you an opportunity just to talk a little bit about Scribe and, and where the audience can get involved or what they can learn from you. Is there anything you wanted to share with us about kind of the digital signature uh, functionality that you provide? <sighs> For someone that loves talking, I've suddenly gone very shy there, haven't I? Which, which is probably not good considering that uh, I, I'm representing, uh, from a product perspective, the company. If you're interested in your digital transformation, uh, if you want to sign things quicker, if you want to know your audience through verification and authentication more uh, more efficiently, then uh, myself and the team, or I shouldn't say myself, the revenue team, uh, who definitely won't just be like bye bye bye. We want to we want to facilitate your success. Drop us a line, um, scribe.com, or uh, if you just want to have a chat with me, search in LinkedIn for myself or anyone from Scribe, uh, and we'll support you with the signing, digital signing, and digital verification uh, journeys that you might want your business to go on. Fantastic. Martin, it's been an absolute pleasure. I can't thank you enough for joining us, and hopefully. We can enjoy some more dialogue either on the, in this format or offline or in another channel in the future. Um, but I wanted to thank you so much. That's uh, Martin Rover Parks from Scribe. Um, and guys, that's it for today. If you've enjoyed the session, please do give us a like, drop some comments or some suggestions about what you particularly liked in the session below. And feel free to share this with other people that you think will be interested as well. If you'd like to, to be in Martin's position and join us on another episode, Again, please reach out and let us know. Otherwise, I've really enjoyed speaking with you, Martin, today. Thank you so much and have a good weekend. Thanks very much.